Okay, I have another analogy for us. Go. It's the avatars in The Wizard of Oz. Mm. Here we go. Dorothy's the hobbit. Of course, she wants to go home all the time. She lives on a farm. She has her dog with her constantly. Right. Friendly as shit. Glinda, the good witch, is, of course, the fairy. Obviously. She comes in and out of the scene. She just alights on the scene. She brings helpful ideas. She brings a sparkle and a blessing. Then she's out of there. You can't totally rely on her. She delivered those red sparkly shoes. Exactly. Exactly. Scarecrow is the elf. First friend. Total bestie for, uh, for Dorothy. Actually brilliant. Actually has a brain. But can be kind of dumb and, and miss shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. The Tin Man is the gnome. Um, his, if you listen to his, his uh, song, he has this, his, one of the lines of his songs. I'd be tender, I'd be gentle, and often sentimental regarding love and art. Oh. <laughs> if he only had a heart. And the, the lion is the dwarf. He's actually full of courage. He eventually gets that medal of service. His song is If I Were the King. And it's all about respect. Mm-hmm. And then the Wizard of Oz, Oz himself, is the human. He puts up this big facade. He puts on a big show. He's a bit of a politician. But underneath, he's just a kind man who wants acceptance. And he's very, very helpful. He helps get everybody home on his balloon. Oh, that's a sweet way of looking at it. That's my vibe. All right, let's get in the show. Let's do it. Hi, I'm Kieran Trace. And I'm Megan Rogel. Welcome to Humans Decoded, a story of hobbits, fairies, elves, dwarfs, gnomes, and humans. If you get lost at any point, there is a deep dive on all the different avatars in episode one. It includes notes. Thank you for joining us in a fun little chat about the vast potential of our human makeup. Let's start the show. Okay. Time for a what's in the bag, because we love it. Okay, this is from a fairy who opens with, like, one bag, (laughs) question mark, (laughs) why I have lots (laughs) in different colors and different sizes, depending on my nude, colors of the day, (laughs) a color for where I'm going, a color for what I need for that, but I have a standard bag that I usually take wherever. (laughs) Which is a green fake leather Perfect. with leaf shapes. And it typically contains my wallet, which is too, too full with miscellaneous discount cards. <laughs> Keys, phone, an extra string bag for incidental shopping, <laughs> essential oils to help me stay grounded. Yes. Some cards of my current music project. Oh, my gosh. Now, cards I know are old-fashioned, but people keep asking for them and really appreciate them. So why wouldn't you give them a card? Of course. More stuff. More stuff. Pixie dust, basically. Exactly. (laughs) A little art project that you could hand out to people. Mm -hmm. Um, When I started writing the answer, I thought, maybe I'm too organized for a fairy. But the love for shopping and the quirky looks and I'm going to say too many discount cards <laughs> and the cards are uh, giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> it, it makes me think of uh, recently seeing RuPaul do a what's in the bag. Oh, yeah. Which these guys have started after us. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're uh, totally. Yeah. We, we started this trend. Yeah. We started this trend. Yeah. And RuPaul is opening a very beautiful Birkin bag of which there are many different pouches. So at first it looks like it's organized. (laughs) It is not. It's just a reason to have more bags in a bag. (laughs) 
Because as he opens each pouch, they're just full of random shit. He thinks, he's like, oh, and this is all my, oh, but this is here, and this is here, and this is here. It's not really on theme. It's not. He's got these little mini bags inside his bag so that he has all these bags. And then he's like, oh, so it's really easy to change bags. So I can go from my this Birkin bag to this bag. Whatever the mood or the fashion of the day. Because I just pull all the little bags out and put them back in. So um, seemingly organized, but actually... Yeah. A sparkly container of bags yeah. holding chaos. Holding chaos. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Somewhat Beautiful, sparkly, chaos. packaged chaos. <laughs> this is the bag. And it's so great. Like everybody listening, just close your eyes and see that red sparkly shoe <laughs> and so, imagine that that's a bag. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Oh. That's the What's in the Bag Fairy Edition today. Great. Love it. I wanted to talk about. My, how my not good enough, <laughs> my conditioning of not good enough has blocked me from seeing certain hobbits and talents and um, skills of hobbits. Oh. Um, this is something we talk about. So you know? that's a belief. It's a belief. Not good enough. NGE. We call it NGE for short. NGE. Yeah. Like not safe would be NS. Yep. And not, not belonging NB. Yep. And yep. we have like unlovable UL. UL. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Because you want to refer to them. Yep. So you got my some old NGE. friend not good enough exactly. Um, that's my maybe my number one pain body that I've been working through for many years, um, and so I I couldn't see a lot of what I would call talented hobbits in the world because of this not good enough. I often saw elves and gnomes as being the sort of smart or cool ones. So anybody who I thought was cool um, or really smart or brilliant, um, I couldn't see. My and not good enough would would just peg them as elves um, I remember, or gnomes or gnomes exactly. So I remember when you told me Ellen was a hobbit, I was like, no way, she's too cool. You know, she must be an elf. Um, and sidebar. When you're looking at the form of Ellen, she was dressed every day in her show by a stylist putting her in elf clothing. Yeah, she often looked elfy. So yeah. if you were just, if you didn't know Ellen as well, like I knew Ellen very well. Yeah, I, didn't know her. I, I had a deep dive of yeah. known her comedy from the get go. So I had a much deeper breadth yes. of who Ellen was as a being. Yes. And if Meg's presenting from the place of form, she's looking at what would look very elfy in form, yeah. but it was because of the stylist, yeah. not what El- what Elton would choose for herself. Yes, exactly. Content over context. And, and you're going to see you know, that a lot. Yeah. That's the thing we talk about a lot. It's hard to sometimes peg yep. where someone is. And in the in the end, only the person can tell you once all their conditioning has fallen away. Yeah, exactly. You know, like nobody can really you know, like define, but mm-hmm. let's just say like, yeah. um, Ellen doesn't have a lot of conditioning in her system, but if you were just looking at her from her talk show and you saw a few shows, yeah. you were looking at a lot of elf clothing. Yeah. But you had a lot of her, the context of her and also of Oprah, who I also didn't know as well. And for me, I couldn't see Oprah as a hobbit initially because she was so successful. So my not good enough would blind me. It's like, well, hobbits aren't that successful or we're not that, or Brad Pitt, we're not that sexy. Right. So I just, I had, it was, and then it's this not good enough has been healing in my system and I've been able to see more folks and I've been able to see some of the skills and the natural inbuilt talents for, for hobbits. Um, so I couldn't see the stamina. I couldn't see how we have this 
scope like Oprah does. Um, I couldn't see um, that we have these big visions that we're, uh, we're often these Jacks and Jills of all trades, I call us, and that we cast some wide nets. Um, I didn't see yeah, writers. Yeah, so you couldn't see what couldn't you see so these beautifully. Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. recently you articulated so well about that, the whole note, yes. right? Like the that major chord. The major chord yes. is that hobbit if you're defining the hobbit versus the gnome and having yeah. to feel through that. Yep. But it was difficult to understand the exactly the scope of that. Yes, and like know, how, and 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 I just chord. hadn't seen because I, like that sort of major chord idea or this idea of uh, I've really been looking at of Jackson Jills of all trades. Like we often like George Lucas would help to craft some of the spaceships, and you know, like he he did lots of different jobs on that set as the director and, and writer. Um, and recently, y'all, we've been doing a bit of a deep dive on George Lucas and yeah. a very behind the scenes seeing. Um, these documentary footage, hours and hours and hours of him from the beginning. And mm-hmm. in there, it's easier to see that he's a hobbit. Yes, yeah. Um, because he doesn't have that 360s, not about the research. When you're looking at maybe the whole Star Wars trilogy and the, and the, mm-hmm. the billion dollar industry that it is, yeah. you might go gnome. Mm-hmm. But Again, we, we've, we've been watching hours and hours and yep. hours of original raw footage and watching him in moving and watching how many other collaborators were actually a part of that vision yes. and what that took. So, and you can see some of the like that hobbit goofiness in his characters and silliness, you know, a little less gnomey as we, as we talked about last time. So I, here's some other ones that I missed. J.R. Tolkien, I might have thought he was a gnome, but he's absolutely this affable hobbit. He had a beer after work every day of his life. <laughs> and also, I, they were stories for his children. children. And they're whimsical and light. He also wrote, they're like, in this, in this unresearched way. Light. We just have well, to read. all that war. <laughs> they're very, very warring and violent. But True they that. are the major chord, as we know, chord. because it's it's through so much folklore. Yes, but there is there is that tone of there's some women in there um and he wrote he he just would get these he wrote sort of, hobbits so well he wrote hobbits so well exactly and he also wrote in the way that george lucas did and i actually have said like i write the middle of my blog first or something because he just he is just this this line in the hole in the ground there there was a hobbit was how the whole lord of the rings trilogy came to him it just came as an image and a vision and he was he was writing to his best friend the poet wh auden about this and he was like i don't even know what this means but then came a whole trilogy so anyway mark twain charles dickens jk rowling jane austen um these are all hobbits that i just couldn't see as hobbits um I mentioned Darwin and Goodall last time as scientists that I, I would have looked right past. Um, filmmakers, Spielberg, Lucas, Greta Gerwig, Richard Linkletter, and then actors, Julia Roberts, Rachel McAdams, these kind of beautiful women <laughs> that I couldn't see as hobbits, um, but absolutely have the note of, of, um, of Hobbit. Ava Mendez is another one. So anybody really deep, smart, multi-talented, fun, sexy, um, I would often think no more elf and just miss that they were hobbits, those Jackson Jills of all trades. trades. Um, and I think that's a really good point for all of us decoders. Our own pain bodies block us. They're, it's like a lens that gets put on. Yep. And it's profoundly shocking to know how much they mm-hmm. actually block us. Totally. But that is part of your own conditioning that as it falls away and your authenticity arises and more of who you are is revealed, 
you start to see more of others revealed. Exactly. It's just, it's all this big mirror that that's mirror. happening. And so we can't actually underestimate that lens you might have on. So it's exactly. so beautiful if you can identify some of those core beliefs for yourself. Totally. And I started to feel bad about our early episodes where I didn't kind of like <laughs> stand there for hobbits because of my my NGE that was there. And and then I thought, oh, that's actually not good enough thinking that. Like NGE, not good enough, wants to be perfect. It wants to like have out of the gate of this podcast nailed everything perfectly. <laughs> right. Versus, because she's working with an elf here yes. who is just like boom, boom, boom. boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Exactly. Super fast, super precise. Yeah. So not good enough is not going to give me or anybody permission to learn as we go, <laughs> learn as I go. So if you're listening back to the earlier episodes and you're like, yeah. Nick, you're not shining so bright, which I don't think anyone would. I don't. <laughs> but it's just, I didn't, I didn't like identify these hobbits and I didn't, you know, like I was sort of like, well, you could be a small business owner. <laughs> like I said that about <laughs> hobbits. No, early no. In the early stuff, you put all kinds of stuff in okay. there. All no, right. no, no, no. I feel like I didn't, sh- I didn't represent like I could have but anyway no, and and fully represented from the beginning but I understand that you continue as we keep fleshing this out it gets the vision gets the clarity gets bigger and bigger absolutely and as I heal more of this not good enough and uh and I can see too in my my clients who are hobbits that as I clear pieces of not good enough I watch them clear it <laughs> yeah. and then their real dreams and this much bigger scope kind of comes online it's really really delicious to watch so sweet. Yeah. Well, that's my report. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about gnomes and their antagonists. Okay, great. Um, and, and I do think, um, you know, that gnomes are very cool mm-hmm. and they're very smart mm-hmm. and uh, they can be very sensual and very sexy and mm-hmm. very ethereal mm-hmm. and eccentric. eccentric. There's just a lot of beauty to gnomes. Um, but they do have some antagonists because they're mm. so unique and specific. Yes. And so I'd put humans definitely there. Mm-hmm. And you've got that gnome that, you know, like they really are deep. They're going very deep. They're always mm. going for the depth. And then humans are going for the breadth. Yeah. And, of course, we've talked about this with gnomes there. They want to hole up, mm-hmm. you know, they're that holding up versus humans marshalling. <laughs> it feels really – Such an opposite movement there. So opposite. Yep. And then the gnomes, as has been described by one of the decoders, of mental chocolate. Mm. Like that, <laughs> that, that abstract and yeah. depth and that incredible way that they can think through detail yes. um, versus human who are much more sort of trendy, mm-hmm. um, really very mm. astute with surface details, yep. Yep. surface cues. Always keeping up on that. Yeah, and that yeah. kind of etiquette cue, right? Yeah. And so it's really <laughs> contrasting. Yes. And the thing that we, you know, the real thing about that antagonist is just to know that like, yeah, if you're trying to put a human and a gnome in the same place at the same time at the same pace, yes, it's going to be so uncomfortable for both. Yes. And therefore, you know, how do you welcome these diverse opposite movements? Yeah, exactly. It made me think of my, I've mentioned many times, my cousin and my aunt on here who are live near each other. My aunt is a human, my cousin's a gnome, and my aunt is very involved in the kids' lives and is around a lot. And it was similar to what we were talking about with hobbits and antagonists and, and with humans, is that the best bet for these two is for Becky, my gnome cousin, to have a lot of boundaries. 
um, which she's continuing to work on, <laughs> and to, and and to really sort of keep my aunt a little bit of an at an arm's distance, and and doing what she thinks is great for the family. And then if my aunt knows this is great for the family, this is what the kids need, she's totally on board and she marshals and she's so helpful to my cousin. But if my aunt leads it all, it's it's awful. It's awful for everybody because she's not um she doesn't know the deeper story of what's going on for the family. And and it's such a it's that um those two energies are in such contrast. But I know my cousin has felt really guilty because my aunt wants to lead and she wants to help. Um, and she feels like she should care more about what my aunt cares about, which are those sort of superficial details, right? Did the kids have everything they need for lunch? And did you wash their, you know, clothes for the game? And yeah, all the that human stuff. has such an astute way and a quick ability to assimilate what those um, – normative details are. Yeah, exactly. All and things for, for the parenting, day. Yes. you're like, I should be like exactly. that. That's what I should be providing for my children. Yes, exactly. I should have all those day-to-day details in place. Mm-hmm. But that's not actually intuitive for this no mom. So um, another little tidbit is that she's really, my, my gnome cousin is very worried about my a human aunt's basement because humans have so much stuff. And she's like, I mean, eventually I want my mom to move out because she's getting older. And I don't know, I because she's so attached to stuff and she holds up so much around every little detail. She's so worried about, um, and she feels so guilty that like, oh my God, I, we have to get rid of all this stuff. Are you outing Becky right now? I'm outing Becky. She's, well, she's been, Becky, <laughs> she's been clear about this. We love you very much. She's, and Aunt Joe, we deeply respect you. She's We're, told my aunt. She said. <laughs> um, but I think this is something I, I, I haven't totally said to her. I don't think it's an issue because my aunt is actually not that attached to her stuff. Because she's she more stuff comes in and out, so there's this. And real, she's also not using the basement the way that Becky would use exactly, the basement. hundred percent. Becky uses the, every corner yes, of the basement. You cannot exactly put the value of one avatar on another. Exactly. And man, the gap of that becomes the more you guys write into us. Also, the more yep. we see that where it's like you cannot like like it's so crazy how much you can't live in the shoes of the other avatar yes yes like yes. it's just so yes. impossible yes exactly I, somebody was sending me a christmas list and they were asking about hobbits because i have lots of hobbits that i live with <laughs> and i was like you know what you're an elf and you have this really great strategy for gifts so just go for the gift that's the most scratchy the <laughs> rawest and the stinkiest version of it <laughs> That's your hack for how an elf can buy for a hobbit. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, that's so funny. I'm just having to sit with that for a second. That's so funny. That's okay. So then that's the thing about like Aunt Joe and Becky where Becky's going like, oh, my God, this basement. And just think about for a gnome what that means, Uh a place to hold up. It could be very well used. And then stuff that that for a gnome is just so precious and important and valuable. And you'd have to go through and hold up and like go through in every detail. Every detail of each piece. But But for a human, it's actually like, look, there's an extra storage bin throw exactly. stuff down there well this is get what rid I of told stuff her. move stuff exactly i was like becky really just get her get her nod and just go clean it out one day just literally have the you know just like go take anything you want and then just get a, a haul truck and you're done she won't care <laughs> it is funny guys yeah. it is funny and and again another thing we just cannot 
say long enough and loud yep. enough and really keep writing in with your questions and your details because it helps expose it absolutely so much so much the gnome's version of basement and stuff <laughs> versus human <laughs> basement and exactly stuff. but get rid of the guilt because it's you know it's a, a whole different vibe a whole yeah, different vibe a for whole you. different vibe <laughs> that's funny Okay, let's talk about gnomes and fairies. Oh, yes. This is also. We talk about them a lot. It's good. This is a real good one to keep articulating. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that gnome, again, are slow mm-hmm. in comparison to a fairy. Yeah. And this is like, honestly, if there was a gnome and a fairy at a stoplight at the same time, <laughs> it's terrible. Right? Like it's yeah. te- like a gnome is going to go very slowly to, yeah. you know, like yeah. just, just like. If you're trying to put two avatars in the same place at the same time and go at the same speed, yes. it's just painful for everybody. P.S. My f- Becky, my gnome, Becky's son, Ryder, picked me up from the airport last time I was in town. He's a fairy driving. He was driving and he's getting his license. He's in his permit or whatever. Right on. That was, she got home. She was like, that was the most harrowing <laughs> journey of my life. I'm sitting in the back seat like, Becky, he's fine. It's cool. You know? But he's going so fast, and he's so fairy about fairy it. Fairy versus no. Awful. You're exactly so right. So fast yeah. versus fairy. So fast. No, yeah. so slow. And then, of course, the gnomes, it's about facts, yes. right? Give me the facts. Give me, like, what <laughs> what's true, what's fact yes. here. And the fairy wants the essence. They don't really care about facts. They don't care about the facts at all. At all. <laughs> Just what's the essence? Like, yes. we've talked about this before. Like, how can I play with it? Yes, keep it light. Keep it bright. Keep, keep it, it light. light. Keep <laughs> it bright. Yes. And that's the other thing is the gnome is about that like organically beautifully so a real grump yeah yep, and yep. the fairies are let's keep it light let's keep it bright <laughs> let's keep it beat let's keep it upbeat people <laughs> totally what a clash yeah so clash uh, if you're trying to like get on the same page right, at the same time in the same moment oh <laughs> totally i have a funny example of this um i'm a erica badu fan and I mm. ran. I just was, is anybody not? Oh my god! It, right? Like, Badu. Oh, talk about funky ass, beautiful, delicious gnome. Yes, sensual, beautiful. Queen, you know. Oh my god! I saw it just randomly online that she had a little tiff with Azalea Banks, who is oh. this up and coming yes fairy, yes. total fairy. So these are sort of different. I think it's a great example of like they're both in the hip hop culture, right? They both rap, it's but so they're such different tones yes, yes but could exactly yeah. you see they, they represent the same space yeah yeah they're in the same in arena the music world exactly but they're, they're on opposite ends <laughs> and but, azalea if you don't know their music azalea banks is i mean if you look at one of her videos it's all pop it's all synth her rap is so fast she's got pigtails on and coordinated outfits her all of her um music videos are like in the city she's collaborating with a million people yeah it's like you her collabs she's collabs with everybody it's like Lizzo. she collabs with everybody she's a party yeah, <laughs> yeah it's all a party and then if you look at Erica's music videos, she's on the sort of funk edge, the R&B edge of hip hop or of rap. She's got this vocal exploration. She'll just explore one thing, sort of like, you know, Andre 3000. And she'll wear like historically representative clothing where everything will have a, a, a real story and like an artisan that she knows is attached to it. In her music videos, she's like in the garden. She's draped in kente cloth. She's got a head wrap. She's got historically representative clothing. Um and so their beef on Twitter started when Eric was in an interview and somebody asked her about Azalea Banks, like, do you listen to her music? And Erica said, quite nicely, actually, she said, well, I've tried, <laughs> but it's like such a clash, she couldn't listen to it. 
And so all that synth, yeah, all that pop, it's so is a like brash to her ear, right? Mm-hmm. So then Azalea came in hot on Twitter. <laughs> she wrote, I just, I took a couple of the little tweets. There was a, back, a lot of back and forth. But, okay, uh, Twitter fight. Twitter what fight, they, here what we go. What do they say to each other? So Azalea says, LOL, you just keep rocking your head wraps and buying your musky oils off the table on 125th. <laughs> <laughs> so Erica claps back, but she, she copped back a couple times. But this is the one that she's, so I, I don't have those, but she wrote back eventually saying, sis, one thing I know for sure about you is that you are an advocate for your folks. For that, I humbly apologize. And that just quieted Azalea. Azalea started talking about how her mother's uh, got through a lot of stuff in her life through Erica's music. And Azalea wrote, I apologize for all the stupid things I said in response. I honestly look up to you, and I think you're incredible. <laughs> so here's my hot tip for gnomes. <laughs> Compliment your fairy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Say something nice. Get them off the get them off the scent. Just tell them they're amazing because they are, and but it's they'll, they'll great, bounce right back. It's so great. Like to a fairy, like again, like the essential oils or the whatever. Yes. It's going to be this musky, heavy, dark, dirty <laughs> vampire. Like <laughs> yes. like creeping like, around in your gross, basement. Yes. Dirt and yes. like smells like dirt and musk. <laughs> exactly. And to a, a gnome that that uh, the scent, the essential oil of a fairy is just going to smell like fake chemical Vehicle. fragrance, yes. you know, like in your face, bubble brash. gum, yes. brash. And it's so interesting. Like it's like it. You just like what is so delicious in the right note for one avatar is just like not (laughs) for the other and it's shocking how much we don't get it yes yes Uh, we had an elf friend come and bring us these gorgeous candles these beautiful candles (laughs) and she's an elf and she bought them for the hobbits in my Mm -hmm. house and the hobbits in the house are like that's a lot of love in those candles, and we'll put them away on the shelf over here. And I have my nose in the candle constantly. Yes. And the other elf was like, I bought them because they smell like smoke and campfire. <laughs> yes, an elf version of smoke yes. and campfire. I so cannot refined. get enough of this candle. Yes. It's very refined. Lab made. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, it's like it's not natural. It's and offensive. the hobbits are like, it's such a strong odor. I'm like... It is not stronger than your fucking raw ass <laughs> your sandalwood. sandalwood shit. It's just that yours smells like a fucking barn floor. Like <laughs> it's not the la- the fr- the scent is this. Yes. It's just so different. Totally, so, totally. So I love this. You just keep rocking your head wraps and you're buying your musky oils. You. <laughs> But they found their way, you know, they found their way by just like, it was respect, mutual respect. And I think for gnomes, you know, if this is about gnomes and their antagonists, yes, fairies are your antagonists, but like, have fun with them. And, you know. And then you can see which other decoders have written in who are a, in a romantic relationship yeah. as a fairy and a gnome, that by staying in your own lanes, by not expecting each other to be in the same place at the same time, and allowing for those diversities, we end up with like, as our beautiful fairy friend had written like a rutilated quartz yes exactly or like this mental chocolate like um the 
when the diversities are allowed in the same space in the same time, yes. wow, it's so beautiful. Totally. My ex-husband, Michael, and his bestie, Tony, who I've talked about before, the gnome, they did a lot of collaborations. They did a lot of music videos together, actually, that I was a part of. So I watched the production on that. And unfortunately, they tried to sort of walk hand in hand with a lot of these productions instead of what would have been great. And the ones that worked really well is when Michael the fairy would just come in and sprinkle his fairy dust. He would have the overall look and feel or the, the major idea. He would brainstorm brainstorm at all the juncture points, like where are we going to film and what's the color scheme going to be and what's the tech and what's the music um, or what's the, you know, like he, he created all the background for one of the music videos. Um, so it, it, they, they didn't do a great job because they attempted to totally collaborate the whole time instead of have this kind of in and out <laughs> movement. Um, the gnome could stay steady, 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 but this the fairy had to come in and out. So um, totally great to collab. But it's got to be completely different rhythms. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which it's, and again, the next antagonist is elves. Yep. So gnomes and elves. Um, again, gnomes are slow and elves are fast. Yeah. Um, and then gnomes have all the facts. Yep. And elves want just the point. Yep. Just the point. Yep. And then the gnomes are sort of this execution mm-hmm. um and rather grumpy mm-hmm. <laughs> and the elves are all the ideas and rather arrogant yes. and if you're again trying to as you just beautifully said hold hands yeah. like be in the same place at the same time that grump up against that arrogance mm. whoo-hee yes uh, not great and that that sort of like um, fastidious facts, and mm-hmm. I got to tell you all the facts. Versus, dude, get to the freaking point. You know, mm. like, can we assimilate the facts faster, please? Yes, yes. and get to the point. Yes, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. I yes. recently met somebody at at a at a restaurant, and I, we were sitting with good friends, and one of this one of the new friends with the gnome, and he was very excited about what who I am and what I do in the world. Now, I'm not excited by who I am and what I do in the world. I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i me. Like, I, don't, I don't have to talk about it. And that elf, he had to talk about the, it. The he gnome. had to give me, or the gnome, yeah. he had to give me all the facts and details. Mm-hmm. And I could not, I mean, to restrain myself from, from like, being incredibly rude and arrogant. Yes. Like, like Dude, yes. you don't need to tell me about me. <laughs> yes. yes. And this yes. is the least interesting thing I could be doing with my evening. Yes. And don't pin me, like, don't hold <laughs> up with me like this. Yes, like, I don't want to hold up. No, I want to move forward. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I don't want to be holed up. I don't want you to be repeating facts about who I am. I don't want I'm, your... Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm going to float away quick. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes. And that's like, yeah. So, <laughs> like, inbred was that, like, yes. the 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 antagonistic movements between the two of us. So with the gnome and the elf. Yep. The question is, how do they collaborate? How do they come together? How can they really work together with such different pacings? Yeah. And so if you're the gnome and let's say you're the gnome boss. Yeah. Um, and you have an elf working for you, Mm -hmm. you're really going to have to summarize. Yes. Right. Yes, you're going to have to basically give them like the book report, you know, what are the one, two, three, and four, those relevant findings that are going to help them get back to being an elf and basically have them sort of be in and out. They're they're already on their way. You just need them, the Cliffs Notes. And I, and I would say it's really good if you 
our gnome, and let's just let's say in a working environment, mm-hmm. the elf is going to be your visionary, mm-hmm. your strategist. Mm-hmm. Your elf is going to be the one who like comes in with these like big idea ideas, <laughs> yeah. really great, great ideas. Yep. Um, and they're also going to be really fast moving, so they're going to propel whatever project it is mm-hmm. forward. So so long as you can really remain independent yes yes and if it's you know if you're the founder of the business or Mm -hmm. if you're the Mm -hmm. you know like or if you're the wherever you are in that in that business piece if it's your project yeah you're just using that elf in terms of like vision strategy Mm -hmm. organize Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um put some ideas on that move that Mm -hmm. for where where does that go think on this for me think (laughs) on this for me like like moving it in that position yeah and if you're in a relationship or let's say it's a creative project Mm -hmm. yep you're gonna you're same thing you're really gonna want to just um, have them only do the idea piece, work separately, and then come back together for those um, those moments where you, you you the two the two findings you've had. Yeah, so if come it's together. like your life partner, it's beautiful if you've got an if you're a gnome and your life partner is an elf, mm-hmm. then you it's beautiful because they're like thinking about the forward strategy. Yep, or yep. they're thinking about the organization. They've got your vacation plan for next summer, and they know and they've researched it really well, and it's quick, 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 and they and then you can you can back up all those details <laughs> and you've got all the execution yes. of the household yes you know and you've got all the you know like so yep. so how they did the business plan of the household and you're, you're gonna doing do all the, the yes household. yeah exactly you know like yeah. and so there's these ways and and also decoders many of you guys are in these relationships yeah, so report back report to us yeah. like both where your challenge with the gnome antagonist is yep and where your um where you know it works really good. And mm-hmm. I'd say the same with the human and the fairy. So gnomes, yeah. uh, you know, reach out to us. Yeah. Tell us where that Venn diagram overlaps. Tell us about that environment. Yeah. yeah. But I would say one of the things that's really great between gnomes and elves is we both behave badly. <laughs> Where you can really hang together. We can really love. I, I personally really true. love that for us. Yeah, totally. I really love that. You really have that elf who's naturally frustrated and arrogant. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, You're the rebels, the rebels, and then naturally the gnome is grumpy and fastidious. Yeah, yeah. It's like we are just badly behaved beings. And totally. I just am so pleased. You're really good with your nose. With your fuck you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love it. I, I just love it. love it for us. I totally do. Too. And you know, I I think especially like in non-dual world, <laughs> there's a lot of like um not so integrated or new seekers or brand yes. new that are really challenged yes. by my bad behavior that yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. well, she couldn't be yeah. you know, like cuz awake people have to be very slow. Very sweet, yes. very tender, very spacious. Not arrogant and frustrated. <laughs> not arrogant. She cannot be. Uh, which, which, to which we say that's a very exclusive image of freedom, people. <laughs> um, yes, I am very, very sweet, and yes. I am very tender, and I can be very in the zone of presence. Um, but I'm free, so therefore a real rascal. <laughs> I can attest to this. Yes. And those gnomes can mm. be really badly behaved. Cool. So. <laughs>
love it, love it, love it. I just want to roll out before we close here that the embodiment course is now still open. You're in your last, this is the last few days to mm. sign up, y'all. Um, and that's it for the winter. We do it every winter. Mm. And that's just in the last couple of days of signing up if you want to join us. Um, and then we do it once in the fall again. So this is your last chance until next fall, next mm. September, to join mm-hmm. our larger community. And that's a community of awake or very authentic people. Mm-hmm. And this it's so cool about community because they're all living with delicious yes as mm-hmm. the foundation mm-hmm. of their lives. Mm-hmm. And having that kind of a close community that lives like this counts, man. Yeah. And our community are tight. These are besties, best friends, best family, family Mm -hmm. connect very deeply with each other all over the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when you're surrounded by people who are living authentically or awake Mm -hmm. um, and deep in their delicious and that that's the main principle of their life, it really helps you and your world because Mm -hmm. we are in a kind of field of the collective that moves with a lot of fear mm-hmm. and a lot of shoulds a lot of conditioning and a lot of conditioning and compromise mm-hmm. and so the radical movement to step away from that and then allow the resource of reality mm-hmm. the resource of life mm-hmm. that is so nourishing and supportive as you decoders are seeing for yourselves mm-hmm. um, is a beautiful and important and essential movement um, for our world to change for the better, but it's great to be mm-hmm. swimming in community. So if you're called, it is a big deal. Class mm-hmm. is a big deal. You yep. want to be ready for it because we kind of come right at all of those conditionings. Yep, that not good enough. We're coming, We're for, coming it. for it directly. <laughs> um, and if there's, if you're still willing to hang out in your conditioning a little bit, probably mm-hmm. not ready for class. Yep. Um, if you're absolutely in pain over your conditioning and, and ready to <laughs> shed that, then come to class. Mm-hmm. But this last couple of days. Okay. All right. That's Great. it. See you next time. See you next time. Thank you for listening. We obviously love hearing what you think. Your feedback helps us make a better show for you to listen to. So feel free to comment and you can do it at Facebook, which is the Humans Decoded Podcast with Kieran Joyce and Megan Rokel. And um, if you're not on social, you can always email any questions to us at outreach at kierantrace.com. And um, thanks for listening. We love you. Thanks, everybody. Love you. Bye.